The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. I am your host. I've been saying I am your host for 23 years now. I can't tell you what an absolute pleasure it is, the number of people that I have come across in this world that have shown up here on the conference bridge for Waking Up in America. The numbers are precious and astounding. So I've given it away. We're in our 23rd year of radio. And if you want to ask a question while you're on the air, you can actually send me an email at val at wakingupinamerica.com. That's Val at wakingupinamerica.com. Now, we always promise to reveal things on this show. So I'll reveal my name. I'm Dr. Val Kirkgaard, and I'm an Olympic torchbearer in the 1984 Olympics. And that whole thing is about Sidious Altius Fortius. It's about swifter, higher, stronger. And it doesn't mean that all of us torchbearers accomplish that every single moment of our days and hearts. But it means that that's what we reach for. And uh, there's a in spiritual practices, <clears throat> there is a a conversation about community. And what you have to do is you actually have to reach a tipping point in a community to create something to happen. And uh, one of the initial stages of creation is actually to be upset and to be angry and to want to tear things apart and to want to stomp on them and to want to see all the differences between one another. Well, what's actually happening here is something much more amazing. There are so many groups of people that are coming together right now, and they have so many different opinions about who the other is, and that's because over time we've all engaged in the stories about the horrors or wonders of each culture of the planet. And there are certain places we just love to go, and then there's other places that we think are just, you know, terrible, horrible places. And if I paid attention to all the instructions I had been given in the course of my lifetime about where I should and shouldn't go, all the places I shouldn't go (laughs) were by the train station in Rome. Well, I met the most amazing people down by the train station in Rome. They were supposed to steal your purses and stuff like that all the time. I never saw it. I stayed in a four-star hotel there. The point is that there are stories between cultures and stories between religions and stories between spirituality. And one of the things that Waking Up in America is known for is that for this entire 23 years, I will sit there and I will be able to listen to all the different people and all the different circumstances because in my 21st year, I actually made it a practice, and the number varies, but I'm pretty sure it was over 40. I went to somewhere over 40 different churches in one year and I went to Greek Orthodox and I went to I sat on the sides of Grand Canyons with meditators I've done all kinds of really interesting experiences of people with so many different characteristics and backgrounds and all of that and what I saw was is that everybody was reaching for a higher dream a higher value a higher courage in the world 
So as you listen to Waking Up in America, I had an email from a listener who said that I was deeply offending people by going, oh, my God. Now, <laughs> that's my personality. I call God that way all the time, and I do it very briefly because I think I'm busy. If I don't think I'm busy, I call my God a different way, and my God happens to be fairly Christian. I was comfortable with that. Um, but my Christian actually married a Buddhist, and they produced very unique children, and that's how we grow up. And everybody out there has the way to grow up however they need to, because however you reach higher, as long as you don't make your higher better than somebody else's or worse than somebody else's, that's what's going to save this planet. We already know there's pretty good evidence that the heart machine has been used to cause some of these horrible earthquakes. I'm not here to name point. I I happen to know there's a much more powerful practice in mind, and that's when you clear and let go of all of your own past resentments, past feelings, all the evidence you've got about what a crappy place this is to be, that you, we can actually then become people that inspire the planet and not only inspire the planet but point the direction. I, I saw an amazing video last night about a soldier. I would I would actually find that and forward it to you. This soldier, my girlfriend Roseanne sent it to me. This soldier is talking about the horrors of war and what that's all about and how we don't have to do that and soldiers shouldn't be used to that and stuff. And it's just, I sat here at this computer and bawled my head off last night listening to this guy that had been tricked and duped and was willing to say it in a really clean way, I thought. So I'm looking at all these different ways that that there's a lot of, any place you look, there's horror in the past. I do not even know. I mean, even the monkeys probably bump each other off for food sometimes. I don't know. The point is, we have a chance here for a very powerful factor. And when I got a call from Durga McBroom and we started talking, I said, you need to be on the radio. And the truth is, I don't even honestly remember what made me say that. But we were having some kind of conversation about spirituality and light, Durga. Mm-hmm. And I said, and the possibility I, of what we are. I actually totally get why you asked me on the show today from what you were just saying in your introduction to the show. Uh-huh. Um, my my single, Naked in the Rain, uh, I have a new single that uh, it was out 20 years ago, and I've just done a new version of it. And it's a dance single. It's, you know, kind of house techno kind of song. But here's what it's about. It's Everybody hears it and they think it's just this happy dance song. It's about exactly what you were saying. The first thing you have to get to is to, in order to create change is that anger. And then you have to deal with that anger and transform it so that it becomes um, a powerful force for change. Um, the first verse of the song says, I'm in over my head. Fire fills me hot and red, raging like a bird. That's it. That's why I asked Fire you. fueled by deeds undone. Burning and I just can't wait to give a helping hand to fate. Change this crazy world around, but first we got to cool down. That's my song. Get out. That's why I'm on the show today. Tell them, no, <laughs> no, why you're on the show today, and I have to tell you, this, well, this, is, how, this is how mysterious <laughs> there's, there's a little God work going on there, and it's called Father Children. Good job there, uh, Kelby. I recognize those kids going by. Um, like I said, we call in our, from our Austin offices and car spots all over the place, and, and, and there's a cell phone going in the background, Kelby, so if you could kind of like calm that down so it doesn't make so much racket. Dirk and I met at Landmark Education, and I'm going to say 20 years ago, 25 years ago. More. 
Probably 25. Not more than 25. I haven't known you that much, but I know at least 25. <laughs> Somewhere between 20 and 25 years ago, and we were actually at a place called Landmark Education, which was an evolution of EST. Remember the horror stories from EST? Well, Landmark evolved very nicely to our happiness. So we were actually at Landmark Education. We're in a classroom, and and we are given an assignment, and I don't remember, did it last like an hour and a half, two hours and a half, something uh, outrageous? I yeah, I think it was like an hour, maybe an hour to an hour and a half. So anyway, long. if I said three and she says an hour to an hour and a half, it was somewhere in there, okay? It was a long time. <laughs> and we were asked to laugh. What was your experience? Uh, it, it was actually, the, the exercise was to generate laughter from nothing. So basically, you had to find that place in yourself where you could create absolute abandon, mirth, and laughter from absolutely nothing. And a lot of people have a hard time with that because everybody's like, well, I can't do that. I'm, I'm serious. and uh, no, There's nothing to laugh at. And you just had to let that go and find that place where, like when you were a kid, like my friend had a, a little girl. Uh, when she was a baby, she used to sit her in front of the mirror. And her daughter, when she was about a year old, a toddler, would just laugh at herself, at her reflection, for hours. That's what we had to create. <laughs> and when and we did. Yeah, we had to walk around did. the room. We had to walk around the room and just laugh. And every time Val and I would come <laughs> together and lock eyes, we would lose it, just laugh and laugh, and it was like ripples, like like a ripples in a pond. Everyone around us would start laughing. We generated laughter that spread to everybody else, and we've been friends ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. And it, we, you know what we do? We just start laughing. And by the way, <clears throat> it's a lesson that's worked well in the rest of my life. I was actually, uh, I was actually thinking of Terry Cole Whitaker. I want you to really get an example of what we're talking about. I don't know if you can feel it or not. At 45 minutes into the hour and a half or whatever it is of laughing, it's exhausting. And then you yeah. find somebody that you can resonate with, and that's what ha- was happening with Durga and I. We just resonated on some level, and we'd start laughing, and we'd, we'd regenerate ourselves. So uh-huh. my plan, Durga, and, and I'm going to say God's plan because I'm in the God group mostly. Um, I'm our pl- <laughs> <laughs> And... You know, om, okay? I know that one. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, if you were at my mother's funeral, we'll do that another time. And Durga's part of that, okay. too. But what we're about here is we're about evolving consciousness, and that's what we've been about for 23 years. And because I was so serious when I started this whole thing out, Durg, I was actually overly, I mean, everything was so serious. My final, <laughs> my breakthrough was I actually invited a dog on the radio show. And I had, the, the dog had written a book. And all of Scottsdale laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I thought, this is what we were doing. And, you know, I forgot about it. And then I talked to Terry Cole Whitaker, who's just an incredible human being. And yeah. she goes, have a party and they will come. Right. <laughs> well, what kind of party do you guys want to go to? You want to go to a party? Ah, oh, that son of a blah, blah, blah. Get blah 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 to me again, and they're like blah 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 blah. Or do you want to go to a party where it's like, okay, let's be David Wilcox at heart. Let's laugh and say that we'll, it's whatever we create it to be. So to create a really glorious relationship with your supreme spirit, you actually and I actually and everybody on this planet has to lighten up or we die. We die Absolutely. anyway, though. But we'll die with a smile on our face. Yeah. So that's. <laughs> 
obviously this was a match made in heaven. Now, I don't know if uh, Kelby and uh, Rutledge and uh, C.W. and Debbie, who are here, want to say anything after that good little rant, but that's what I'm up to. And if you want to take a look at Durga, you should hop over to the webpage. She's gorgeous. And um, I, we really didn't introduce her. I wanted to introduce her through her soul rather than her history. Um, back back in the whenever Pink Floyd was, was rocking and rolling, <clears throat> Durka comes running into my office and goes, what did you tell me in my office about rock, I don't know. about outer space? Oh, you mean, oh, oh, when you were working with me and uh, doing uh, your directed Who breath technique. Your, you, oh, she's giving me a commercial. You little sweetie, you. Aren't you too <laughs> Well, you were. And, and, I you wasn't know, mentioning part of that. that. Going okay. back and going back and going back to, to identify the first time you've ever experienced a particular body sensation. And my mother, F. Pearl McBroom, M.D., who is no longer with us in body, and I are the only two people who went back to the moment of creation. The Big I Bang Theory. Okay, I didn't tell yeah. you guys that, and I wasn't putting it on yeah. your resume. I went back to a point where I very distinctly remembered not having a body, but being part of an I-we consciousness. I know it was me, but there were many me. Yeah, yeah, and, and we every were, one of them yeah. were great. Yeah, and we were, it was beyond great. There wasn't even a word to describe it. We were so, it was so beyond peace. It was just complete. And I remembered seeing stars all around me and just existing out in the vacuum and just being whole and complete. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we play a game called I Remember just for your for your, the fun of it, and I actually created that game when I was in a Terry Cole Whitaker seminar, and I made it a point just to have an immediate reaction to somebody and then tell them that I remembered them and then just see whatever came out of my mouth. Well, you have to have guts and courage to do that, but once you do, it's really fun. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we started remembering each other, and we remembered each other from, you know, French courts and past lives and all of that. I don't know what... Pardon? Yeah. I don't know... If, I'm sorry, what? The Civil War... Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was U.S. Grant, not a happy yeah, person yeah. to be. Let me tell you, those lessons were gruesome, but at least they were yeah. over for me. And as a therapist, I'm actually a licensed marriage, family, child counselor and have been since the early 80s. I actually went through the entire clinical system with like over 3,000 hours of spending time with anywhere from sex changes to um, people going through divorce to people being threatened, their lives being threatened by foreign governments, all kinds of stuff. I had a really fascinating private practice. And what I saw was is that the stories that we have really don't mean anything if we can neutralize any negative charge that's on them. And as soon as you ne- you eliminate the negative charge that's on it, stuff starts to happen. Like if you get, I don't know if I should mention this or not, but I know there are a lot of people that like George W. Bush. I wasn't one of them. And I was more than not liking having that man as my president. And I know I have at least three friends that are probably grimacing at this moment, okay? But that's the truth, and I'm saying it on the air. So the other thing I never said on the air was is that every time I saw his picture, I started swearing, and we all joked and said that I had Tourette's syndrome, which is it's an involuntary swearing. <laughs> so I fessed up to a period of about eight years of which I had Tourette's syndrome. Not entirely, because I used it. 
I realized that the thing that was bothering me the most was actually my greatest teacher. Like if I'm going to be completing myself, however my psyche is assembled, however that is, whether I see it as past lives, some people don't, it doesn't matter. However my psyche is assembled, I want to clear that so I'm not having that reaction because if I'm reacting like that, I am not listening. And one of the things that I loved was always listening to Durga, and I asked Durga to sing at my mom's funeral, and Durga did. And the 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 and we did a number of things, you know, like we got my mom's body ready. We she sang in the crematorium. We did all kinds of stuff. We'll do a show on um, really sending somebody out in grand style, and because that's what happened for mom. So. Durga has been at some very critical moments in my life, the moment from when I decided that I could let go of some of the heaviness and start to lighten myself up. But the whole time I was letting go of the heaviness, I was thinking there was something wrong with it, that I was doing something wrong. So lightening up and letting go of everything doesn't even have wrong attached to it when you let it go to its highest level. And I have moments when I actually do live in white light. And for those of you who are uncomfortable with that, all it means to me is is that I'm connected, that I'm in the space of divinity. And that's all I name it. And there are different practices that we can go to take ourselves to different places. It's like one of the things I loved about the Catholic Church was the incense. I mean, that is forever triggered in my memory the incense when the when the priest walks down the aisle. What I love. I, I, I wanted to I wanted to mention something too about you, you know when you were saying you went to forty different places where people practice their spiritual practices. I've been uh, at last count to thirty seven countries in the world, and my experience is. I mean, I haven't been to necessarily forty different places of worship, but my experience has been this: whenever I am. I walk into a place where people are worshiping their concept of the divine. If they are sincere in their worship, there's a presence there that goes beyond words. There's this, it's almost like you feel a, a bell ring in your solar plexus. There's a presence of peace that is genuine in every one of those places that goes beyond the text and beyond their prayers and beyond their forms of worship, there's something that is just on the other side of that that is formless and nameless, but you can feel its presence when it's genuine. And I found that in every place I've ever been where people are fervently expressing their spirituality. Okay, so you know who won with me? Now, mind you, I did Episcopalian, too, and I love the Episcopal Church. They let their priests get married, and I think that's healthy. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, that's my healthy <laughs> that's opinion. Cool so I like that. I, I, like, the, I like Episcopal a lot. So um, as you evolve this little conversation here, um, how would you take... If you were giving an instruction to a culture about the easiest way, and this is the real reason I invited you, Okay. If, about the easiest way to reach um, spirituality, the sense of spirit, sense of God, the sense of Buddha, the, the sense of Kali, wh- whatever. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it be song? That's that is. Well, I, I've actually felt like because uh, uh, I've been. I, I was an actress first. I was a theater arts major at UCLA. Uh, I've also studied dance for many years. Oh, that was funny, so I, because I knew, I, I admired you in Flashdance, and I didn't even know that's who you were when I met you. 
<laughs> That's funny. I know it's um, cute, isn't it? Yeah. So I always felt like um, acting was a cerebral, very cerebral medium. Dance was incredibly visceral, and music is the bridge between the two. And, I mean, you can reach, with, with music and with dance, both, you can reach that place where anytime you're, you're doing something that you are so focused where you disappear and only the action remains, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're, touching, you're touching the foot of God. You're touching something divine. When, I mean, I know I, I've performed thousands and thousands of times, and there are some times when I completely lose all sense of myself, and all that is present is the song. Mm-hmm. I feel as if I'm being blessed at that moment because I—I I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I—I I sing pretty good. <laughs> and uh, that, that and, makes and it's, me want to ask you something. Will you give us yeah. a copy of that song that we can play on the radio? Sure, uh, actually, I would really I, like I can. That. What was it? Seen yeah, in naked the... in the rain. Oh, I thought naked you said singing in, in the rain. Okay, fine. No, I'm joking. No, it's naked in the I'm rain. Naked in the rain. Singing is actually rain. it's available on iTunes right now. Blue Pearl oh, cool. is the name of the band. Blue Pearl versus Tyrrell is the the main mix, uh, and and it's Naked in the Rain, and it is available on iTunes right now. Now, and people should also go. I'm not going to let you go until anybody on the team that wants to talk to you talks to you, but I want to make sure that your contact information gets out right now. Oh, so thank you. Okay. What, what would that be? And I want you to stick around for the rest of the show, if you would, so you sure. can okay. put in your two cents in other places. Okay. So what would that contact uh, information be for you? Uh, you can go to uh, www.durgamcbroom, that's D-U-R-G-A-M-C-B-R-O-O-M dot net, or www.myspace.com slash durgamcbroom. Uh, on the MySpace page, there are, um, you can hear some of my music. So they're either one of those, durgamcbroom.net or myspace.com slash durgamcbroom. Debbie, any comments that you want to make to this wonderful goddess that's dropped in on our show? I just think Hello? She, she sounds quite interesting, and I'm, I love the music. I really love the music. It's been beautiful from the past to the present, and I'm so glad to hear that you're still finding finding your way out there. And we'll get oh, better, Deb, because so we tried to say it, but it, it, we we went on a side tangent. She came running into my office. I wasn't trying for the pitch on the on the directed breath, though I love it. I was, you're, <laughs> we were definitely fun clients. What I was actually trying to get her to talk about, but I hadn't coached her to begin with, was about when she came in the office because she wanted me to know that the um, astronauts had taken um, Pink Floyd into oh. outer space. And she was, oh, that's right. I have never seen dirt, dirt big, okay? She's like six feet or over? I'm, I'm 5'10", but everybody thinks oh, I'm I always, I, It's the way she swings her braids or something. To me, she's <laughs> this good, giant goddess, right? And she comes into the office, and I've never seen her act like this, and she had just found out that their album was out in space with the astronauts. God! Yeah, the, Russian, the Russian government uh, sent one of our recordings out into space. Uh, I, I think they either sent it to the space station or they sent it out in a, I think they sent it out in a probe out into space. There were so people with it, okay? Because I remember the conversation with you. There were people okay, with it. Okay, then they sent anyway, it to the space station. 
Okay, got it. <laughs> so there it was. So Steph, Stephanie Rinchop, that's her secret name. Now you just took my husband's name. <laughs> oh, did I take your husband's name? He's Stephanie? No, it doesn't have an IE on it. It just sends in Stephanie. Okay, so I retract the whole thing. I'm so glad that you were here to meet Durga because Durga is very special in my life and she'll be singing at my birthday party. So, And I expect um, you may meet them. In the meantime, let's find out. CW, do you have any questions or comments to Durga? Durga, are you going to be with Pink Floyd anytime soon? Well, sadly, two years ago, um, Richard Wright, the keyboard player, passed away from lung cancer. And uh, David Gilmore has said, well, David doesn't like to tour that much to begin with. I mean, the last tour in 1994, they practically had to force him to do it. Uh, but he has said that Pink Floyd will never, as a band, tour again because Rick is gone. Um, Roger Waters is going out this fall. Um, Roger and David, after many years of acrimony, have, have come to... Um, they, they've become friends again, and they did some shows together, but uh, David won't tour with him. So in terms of the people who actually won legally the right to tour as Pink Floyd, I don't think that will happen again. Uh, I will say this, though. I recently, um, well, last fall, was invited by uh, South America's premier Pink Floyd tribute band, The End, to come and do some shows with them. And it was like... Uh, you know, sometimes people invite you out on a blind date, and sometimes it's horrible, <laughs> and then sometimes you meet the love of your life. It was like that. We uh, got on like a house on fire, and they're incredibly talented. And just last April, I invited Guy Pratt, the bass player from Pink Floyd, and John Karen, who uh, is the keyboard player and also tours with Roger Waters, to come down to Buenos Aires with me. And once again, we blew it up. I will be going back down there again in October. And I look forward to many years and possibly trying to pry some people out from under their rocks for other members of Pink Floyd that I toured with to come down there to play with them. So that may be one of the closest things anyone will ever get to the Pink Floyd experience. Keep working on them because you have lots of fans out here, and I being one of them would love to hear oh. you again. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, it, you know, David, it's it's all up to David. and. You know, he's got a beautiful young wife and new children, and he, he's not, he, he really doesn't evolve, have a whole you lot know? he's got to say anymore. He, do, he, he doesn't have that fire in his belly to go out and tour. He doesn't need to. Yeah, but he, you know what may get you all, and, and I, I need to go to the next person, but what may get you all is the desire to have a reunion, which is different than go on tour. I can you know, yeah, very easily he, he imagine some kind of reunion gathering periodically. You know, like They in, did it already. There you go, and they'll do it again, too. That's, that's, that's a good idea, Dr. Bell, because then the fans can uh, pay tribute uh, to the memories. And we were talking earlier today about creating a group um, where we could merge with them and help them, and they would help us. And it would seem to me that maybe waking up in America, since they have an inside with a good laugher, might actually be able to create something called um, the reunion show or a reunion show for a year or two years in the future. <laughs> See, what I'm putting well, together... Well, is possible. Oh, I'll tell you why. I'm putting, I've been asked to put together a committee of a, of 100 leaders, okay? And I actually, I mentioned it to you. Yes. 
that I wanted you to be one of the leaders, and you said yes, and we said we'd talk more about it later. So earlier in the show, you've heard me talking about the change in consciousness. It's like what Dr. Rutledge does, he changes your consciousness and health. What we do is we create dialogues and with very different kinds of people so that you can see a lot of different kinds of perspectives. But what we want is people who want to step into leadership roles and help create the future that David Wilcox first designed when he said, it'll be as we say it is. And so by creating a future of the lightest possible and most brilliant cells that we are, <clears throat> that's what's going to happen. And I, um, Kelby, are you on right now? I am. Kelby is... Um, I, I don't know where Kelby's going, but when you hang out with Kelby and you say the way he responds to situations, and personally I want to have everybody tested in front of me under times of crisis because you don't meet the same people when people are comfortable, than right. when they're having to handle something that's not nice. <laughs> and Kelby, I want to give you the Style of the Week Award <laughs> for handling one of the raunchiest Twist, most twisted, disgusting situations I've come across in my entire life. Thank you. I just want thank to say you. thank you on the air. This guy has class. He's got <laughs> style, and he knows that he's got God behind him, okay? And when you put those things together, oh, thank you. it all works. So, thank you so much. Debbie, would you not agree? Yep, I love him for it. I just, yeah, you just love him on a lot of different levels. So I just wanted to say thank you, thank you very much. Is there anything you want to say to the great goddess over here? We've flown uh, in at great sounds, expense. Right? She she sounds like an amazing woman. I don't I don't know anything about her or her music. Um, I'm listening and uh, I'm impressed. You know what? You heard me get her promise to get me the <clears throat> to get me the um, recording for next week. We'll put in some yeah. of our music next week. And what you guys don't know is, for those of you who know, you really know, and that would be Don Miguel Ruiz is going to be on next week, and he's the guy that put together the four agreements. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know, you were impressed <laughs> I have. I've been working at it for a while, and it showed up, showed up out of left field. You know, I didn't see it coming. So there you go on that one. Now, Rutledge, my great yeah. Dr. Rutledge, Yes. You've heard quite a bit today. Um, Dr. Rutledge is our living well doctor. He's a, you're actually an osteopath. Do you want to tell the listeners what that is? Yeah, you know, there's two types of uh, medical doctors in the United States, uh, actually, and in the UK as well. And uh, it's uh, MD, or medical doctor, or DO, which is doctor of osteopathy. Uh, in the United States, uh, they both have full prescribing rights, so you know you can prescribe morphine if you wish, whatever. Uh, however, osteopaths tend to look at the body more from a whole standpoint. So they look at structure and function, they look at organ systems, uh, the immune system, the emotional, spiritual, everything. Now there are some osteopaths out there that practice straight like an MD, and you know, that's fine, and that's a choice. Uh, what do I they know that's different than the MD? Because, you know, the, the osteopath has all the knowledge of the MD, but they know something that's different or they wouldn't be into a DO. What is it? I would just say that their aperture is wider. Oh, similar good. like Like a camera. You know, you're exposed to so much more, and you can see so much more if you have the affinity to see it. Now, I'm going to do something which I really get off on doing this, Dr. Rutledge. 
Durga McBroom? Yes. I would like to introduce you to who I consider to be the counterpart of your mother and who I just appreciate his knowledge so incredibly deeply. And I wanted you to know who Dr. Rutledge was before you said hello to him. And that's, oh, well, that's, that's only a small piece of who he is. He also likes music. Oh, a great. lot. Well, Dr. Rutledge, just so you know, my mother was the first African-American woman with a private cardiology practice in the U.S., uh, and she shifted her entire practice to uh, preventive health care and holistic years before it was fashionable. So wow. I'm sure you probably would have gotten along very well. Probably and along you know, with being a singer, I, I worked in her office off and on for t- over 20 years. I was running the front and back office by the time I was 21. That's so can amazing. you imagine why I was so excited about having Durga on today, and I didn't tell you. I wanted well, to be yeah, surprised. and you know what is so interesting, Durga, as well, I wanted to comment on what you were saying um, about getting out of one's own way, and mm-hmm. that is the only way to truly create art or truly Absolutely. do the job that you are meant to do. I don't care if you are digging ditches. I don't care if you are counting uh, beans in a bean factory. If you get out of your own way, God's work is happening, and it just flows through. And so no matter what it is, in the healing arts, art, work, no matter what, whatever your purpose, whatever you're meant to do, you get out of the way, that stuff is going to happen. I mean, I I think that's actually a good part of what people perceive as talent is when you when the person can actually just become a conduit for whatever medium they're expressing. I mean, uh, I'll tell you something. Doing shows in stadiums in front of 70 to 100,000 people, I started, I mean, I've, I learned to do energy work at my mother's side and, and healing work with, with light energy and things like that. And uh, because the stadium is round, I started playing with something. I would invite light energies in through my crown chakra and out either through my throat or my heart chakra and then filter it through the rest of the band and then around in a big circuit around the stadium and then back through and around and back through and around. And people would come up to me after the show and say, I don't know what it was. I could not take my eyes off you. (laughs) And I just laughed because I knew what it was. <laughs> well, yeah, really I'll, I'll comment on that. I mean, an osteopathic principle is flow. Yes. Things that always flow. And I don't care what it is, whether it's your so-called supply, meaning with money or car, whatever it is, if you impede the flow, everything stops. So the more flow happens, and it, this is true with blood, it's true with, uh, all bodily functions is true with energy. As long as that channel is open and that flow is happening, health abounds. Yes. Absolutely. And so, uh, you know, you, you guys were talking about laughter earlier, and uh, the, it is some of the soul's best medicine. <laughs> you know, you Norman Cousins is supposed to have taught that, Dr. Rutledge, about laughter. And yeah. and somebody made the comment, well, he died laughing, and I thought, what a great way to go. You know, and Jim Fix, who died running, what a great way to go. They were making it like somehow his life had failed because he died running. No, he died healthy and fully engaged with the moment. Oh, please, give me that next time, you know, if there is a next time or if there is a memory of the last thought I have on Earth is, oh, my God, 
here I am, <laughs> I'm flying, you know? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you a little personal anecdote story. My grandmother uh, has passed away uh, last year, but um, about 10 years ago, she was in Jackson, Mississippi, in Baptist Hospital, uh, given a day or two to live with a complete renal failure. Her kidneys had completely shut down. I was uh, a resident, and I came in, and what I did is I sat there and I told her jokes for two hours. Oh. Oh. She laughed. Yeah. She laughed more than she had laughed in years, and lo and behold, there was many other things at play, obviously, but... Within the next day, her kidneys were reacting. Uh, she was out of the hospital in a couple of days. Oh, that's wonderful. So if we all get together and laugh and do whatever it takes to do that, um, one of the things that Dr. Rutledge and I were discussing before the show um, was the fact that probably the, one of the reasons that she was in the hospital was that she had some kind of inflammation. Am I right? Oh, there's no doubt. Exactly. And, you know, laughing uh, and having, keeping that flow going helps retard inflammation. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not quoting any scientific studies on this. This is just something I know to be true. Uh, you know, moving into inflammation, that is the, the root of most all diseases. So it's, mm. it's like, remember the plague back in the, 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 the 20s and 30s? This is the plague of our times. It's a silent killer, inflammation. You know, in third worlds, you know, infectious disease are killers, but in our world, in industrialized worlds, uh, things such as allergy, asthma, Alzheimer's, depression, diabetes, heart attacks, strokes, kidney disease, lupus, obesity, osteoporosis, all those things are linked to inflammation. So, you know, when Pogo says, and he said it very wisely, we have met the enemy, and it is us, it's, that applies here. I yeah, carried that for 20 years in my lifestyle. wallet. What's that? I carried it for 20 years until it fell apart, that strip in my wallet. I thought oh, that was wow. the most, if you have a copy of it, I'd love to post it on the website, because I, I think it would, I, I think that is the most powerful comic strip I ever read in my whole life, and I'm just... So pleased that you know about that. (laughs) (laughs) So pleased. I want to take a break with you here just for a minute. (laughs) Um, Dr. Rutledge, forgive me. I I have to acknowledge the good guys that actually support Waking Up in America and uh, actually privileged to have one of them here on the air with us today. And his name is C.W. Wright. And C.W. Wright, he sponsors this show, and his sponsorship... Emergency Management Solutions is actually, he works with hospitals in large groups like Kaiser and things of that nature to make sure that their emergency conversations are in place. And CW is one of the most friendly human beings on the planet. And you're going to love this too, Dr. Rutledge. He's actually offered up something rather special for um, the listeners of Waking Up in America, and you get to say it yourself, honey. Hi, Val. I just wanted to let everybody know we're going to be giving away a two-person emergency kit every month on your radio show. Hmm. Now, tell it's going to have 72 yep. hours worth of food and water for two people. It's going to have hygiene supplies in it. It's going to have a, uh, a, a NOAA radio in it. 
It's going to have... Tell them what uh, a NOAA radio is. NOAA is the National Oceanic Atmospheric Association, and it's going to have all seven weather bands on it. So in a time of uh, need and, and the electronics go down or, or uh, stations go down, you'll be able to access the NOAA stations and you'll be able to get instructions on what to do during an emergency. So we're going to be giving away one of these every single solitary month, and you can thank CW for that. I'm actually going to see if he can put some in the store. I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to put some in the store too, but we'll be making sure that, um, you know what, not only should we give one to a winner, CW, I think we should give an arbitrary one. Okay. Okay. It, you know, I don't know how you want to set it up, but if we if we can do like one month, it would be we'll just give it to a person that um, really has the best need for it, and we'll just look at what those needs are. You know, what what makes this kit important to you? Because some people are going to listen to this and they're going to go, you know, I don't really need a emergency kit. Well, I think one of the things they want to think about is. It's a good idea to have one in your home. We were talking about it earlier. It's also a good idea to have one in your car. You're absolutely right, Dr. Val, because there's a misconception that when you get an emergency kit, uh, like if you're in Southern California, people are thinking earthquakes. I only need an emergency kit for earthquakes. That is very far from the truth, Uh, although it would be good to have one during an earthquake. But let's say you get stranded alongside the road at some point. Uh-huh. Uh, especially nighttime, you could take the light sticks that are inside this kit and use them as road flares. And the advantage of that is that they're safer to the uh, uh, environment, and uh, you can see them at a long distance at nighttime just like you do a road flare. Oh, I think it's a great idea. And, and Dr. Rutledge, um, is there anything you should think should be included in the kit that we haven't mentioned? You know, I'd like to see it uh, and evaluate it, but my comment is is who doesn't need an emergency kit? Well, Everyone, about in a, my opinion, needs one. <laughs> let me tell you about a story that is common. About once a year, I get a call from a, a young mother, or, or uh, I'll use the term soccer mom, and and they're ordering food. Hey, you're talking to the captain of the soccer team here, okay, so watch it. <laughs> and, uh, well, I, I say it with love and total confidence. You better. They, they, the mothers of the children go out of their way to see to it that they get to the soccer games and participate in the fundraisings and, and with all the other families involved with the uh, soccer and soccer tournaments. But they also vote always for the safety of their children, so oh, they tend absolutely. to be very conservative. And at least once a year, I get a call from one of them and say, hey, I need some new food and water for my kit. And I said, well, what did you do to it? You just got the kit last year, and it's got a five-year shelf life, the food and water does. And they said, well, CW, you won't believe what happened to me. We got stranded alongside the road on the way of the tournament, and we were out there in the desert. We were broke down. We had to wait over an hour for a, uh, a tow truck. And during that time, the food and water kept the children cool, nourished, and kept them calm. Oh, isn't that great? Isn't that cool, how that works? Yeah, it is totally cool, and we'll discuss more about it, but you can, uh, when you go to our website, sign up for the alerts. It's down towards the bottom of the page, and if you have problems with that, because some people are, just actually just go to my picture at the the top of the page, Val, and click on Email Me, and um, let us know what you need on this. Um, Let us let us have your uh, email address, and um, if you have a really good need for it, perhaps um, we can get some listener contributions. 
Maybe you want one for the community house that you're in or something of that nature, and we'll have our Dr. Rutledge take a look at it, and we'll just keep evolving this thing. But CW gave me a commitment today that this was ours to offer. I, how many how many years do we get to offer it for, CW? Uh, let's just keep doing it until I run out. Okay, that's good, and, and this man will never run out, okay? <laughs> oh, but, but there's more yet. There's more to the to this kit. You get an intrinsically safe flashlight as well. Whoa. I want one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? I think it's, it's, it's the kind of thing I, I, I be, I'm a firm believer in this saying. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. You okay, bet. So I have two of them, okay? And I have okay. for years. Uh, if, I don't have that. I have um, flares for the road, and actually um, CW was telling me that they're not that good for the environment, but they are better in the daytime. But I have flares in my car. I have a piece of rope. I have an emergency kit. What do, what do you have in, in, in your card, um, Dr. Rutledge? Do you carry one of these around? You know, I have a, uh, I have a medical emergency kit, so I carry yeah. um, all types of things of that nature. But, no, I don't have anything like that. I would love to add that to my armor material for sure. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. So I have mine, mine in the house is, like, slightly different, okay? Um if if there's something that you'd like to say right now, Dr. Rutledge, about moving on with inflammation or if you want them to contact you, something like that, what I want to do is find out from CW and Kelby here what's happening with Restore America because I already know and it's really good, but I can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I can – I'll just – let me just uh, finish up a bit on yes, inflammation. Yes, please do that. It's a, it's a very big topic. Uh, but suffice it to say, you know, we can go further into what people can do about it exactly, uh, maybe on the next on the next show. But you know, there's two types of, of inflammation, uh, and let me say this: inflammation is not a bad thing. You need it. So Why? if you get well, well, if you get injured or, or get an infection, you need an inflammatory response to heal oneself. Oh, so that's an acute or immediate type. Now, the chronic is when things go awry or you're doing things to your body to perpetuate a chronic inflammatory condition. That is when it becomes bad in a sense that it's silent. So it's like a silent plague. It kills you over time. You know, uh, interestingly, if you have uh, poor gums or poor dental uh, work, you can bet your bippy that you have cardiac disease. It just happens that way. If you have a nidus of inflammation in your body, I don't care if it's a toenail that chronically won't heal, it affects the heart, it affects the brain, it affects every blood vessel in the system. That's whole medicine, holistic. So you have to take care of all these little things. Uh, one tidbit that all listeners can do if they haven't had a C-reactive protein measured with their doctor, I encourage them to do so. This is a very, very sensitive measure of chronic inflammation. It's not very specific, meaning it won't tell you exactly where something is. That's for your doctor to figure out. But it will tell you if you have any inflammation going on. If it's normal, then the risk of heart attack and stroke goes down tremendously. 
this as is well really as all important other, information. That other host of diseases that I mentioned earlier. This is really important. I, I wanted to know where you practice. Where do you practice, Doctor? Uh, I, I just wanted to ask that, and we've got about thirty seconds here. Okay, so go for it, Doctor. Uh, I I practice between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, so I see patients in Las Vegas and in Los Angeles. And the best way to contact him is is to go to Doctor Rutledge at nightcap.com, which we haven't talked much about other than Kelby mentions. He sleeps better, and it's it's really special. Ask Dr. Rutledge at AOL.com or um, Terry for T-E-R-I for Dr. Rutledge at AOL.com. Those are all ways that he can be reached. He is in this area. Um, he's extremely He's extremely good at what he does, as you can tell. And I think here's the most important thing of all. There's a 10-minute... Um, free consultation that he will give you, and I'm telling you, take it. So they can write for that free consultation by writing Terry for Dr. Rutledge at AOL.com. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, and the address is on the website. We also need to give thanks to Stardust at 828-665-0411. These are guys that do really incredibly uh, low-priced Internet mailings to people that actually buy things. Once again, that's Stardove's at 828-665-0411. And um, let them know that you heard about it on Waking Up in America. It gives us brownie points, and we appreciate it. Roberto's Bungalows in, in beautiful San Pancho, Mexico, 45 minutes north of Puerto Vallarta with a semi-heavy foot. Um, an incre- it's, it's like walking into a world of 40 years ago. It's charming. It's delightful. And Steve and Diana have... Um, a very nice little hotel to stay in that you'll just absolutely love. The telephone number, which can be called from the States, is 971-239-4120. That's 971-239-4120. Steve and Diana, and tell them that you heard about it on Waking Up in America. we got a little discount arranged for you over there. Emotional stress, clinging from the past, yes, really, entirely. I developed this process. In 1984, my private practice went from 28 to 3 people in less than two months' time, which is why I ended up getting on the radio because I realized I had to just deal with a lot more people because I was processing them so quickly. That was in 1984. At that time, standard treatment was a couple of years if you saw somebody once a, a week. On an average, I'd say that's how long people took. So when you look at things differently, you can get solutions much more quickly. 310-455-8623. On the website, visit Race for the Rainforest. Click on that, sign up for your account, start saving. If you think you can't do anything, you can save seven square feet a day. And I've been doing it for over 20 years now. I haven't added up those figures, but I'm sure I've got I've saved a hunk of property because they match it when you do that. Make your choices. Have some fun. It doesn't cost anything, and it can really get you involved. Uh, Check out our video library. Sign up for our newsletter. If you go to our Restore America Plan page, you will actually um, need a, a password and a username, and that is my clever way of getting you to tell me who's listening. And I, it's not automatic, so I actually go through the emails, and sometimes it takes a day or so, and I'll send you the password, and then you'll be welcome to be there. <clears throat> and right under that Restore America plan, right next to the face of Miss Smiling Debbie Ringchop, you will notice the Pledge of Allegiance 2010, and it goes like this. I pledge allegiance to the flags of the United Republics of America and to the freedom and generosity for which they stand, 
50 republics under God, one community, indivisible, and peace, opportunity, and wealth for all. And the cadences um, are allegiance. So I like the upgrade. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. I love having Durga on the show, and I'm hoping to blow her ears off in the next couple of minutes with as Kelby Smith and CW tell us about what's happening with the... Uh, I'm so happy. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep my mouth shut, CW. Okay, but what's happening with the Restore America plan in the United States? And I know Kelby um, has some good news for us, too. So, Kelby, you want to go first? Sure, sure. Um, You know, Durga mentioned uh, initially in the beginning of the show that everything comes or starts um, with anger from a a move or a change. Um, Mine, uh, with the Restore America plan, uh, initially started with um, what's happening in our country. And uh, I joined um, for the purpose of serving the people. And that's really what Restore America Plan is. It's to bring about a government that uh, isn't going to take from the people. They're going to serve the people. Um, we formed uh, grand juries in all 50 states, uh, which, which truly is the fourth branch of government. And uh, now, uh, in this next few days, we're going to be voting in uh, the initial uh, internment government. So at this point, it's 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 a done deal. It really is a done deal. The state coordinators are going to be presented with a um, I don't know what I don't know whether they call it secret or what have you, but it's a very important document in which the juries have to convene over the next seven days and and look at this document and vote on it. And it's going to take two thirds vote. Um, there's going to be some challenges, I'm sure, but uh, once we're done, we will have a seated government for the first time since 1944, uh, representing the true 19 or 1776 trust of the United States of America. Tell them what happened time. in 1944. Um, well, in it basically in 1868 i'm going to go back a little bit oh i'm, I'm sorry i'm looking at the time i want i want you to tell the story but bottom line it cuz we need to get cw in here too okay 1868 corporation was formed of the de facto corporation the current government we have um, in 1944 uh, Bretton woods agreement the corporation was quick claim to the international monetary fund and the de jure form of the government was disbanded and that's important document information that you can go out and you can verify this information for yourself because what we've been getting is a lot of stories being passed around the Internet. And, um, CW, I think you might want to hop in on this one. There's been stories about Tim. There's been, gosh, Debbie and I are actually part of the CIA. Deb, did you get your paycheck? <laughs> I haven't seen one yet. <laughs> um, anyway, it's just amazing. You know, the stuff is like, really? Okay, I wonder when that happened. Yeah, so stories. people make up stories, and what Kelby gave you are facts. Go check it out. I don't want to hear any stories on this stuff unless they're really good ones, because we'll receive your stories, but we'll put them in their own special file folder. Uh, so I know we were talking this morning, CW, about managing uh, the stories that happen, and we like facts, don't you? We do love facts, and whenever you have something this good happen, you're going to have a lot of naysayers, and you're going to have a lot of people. I want to jump on the bandwagon either to destroy it or to try and help it. And those that are trying to help it, they do it without any uh, uh, research that they need to be putting into it. 
and uh, the grand juries have been formed now for a few months, and they're chomping at the bit to uh, go. <laughs> We're doing it. It's happening. It's wonderful. Durga McBroom has been on CW has been talking. We interrupted right in the middle of the sentence. You're going to have to pick it up next week. Kelby, thank you. Dr. Rutledge, you rock. I love what you do. Um, visit our wakingupinamerica.com. Check out our video library. Sign up for our newsletter. They're all free. <coughs> what can I say? Uh, tune in next week. We love you. We're so glad that we're in all of this together. Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com, and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com.